Thank you for your presence today. God cares for you. Be anxious for nothing. God shall supply all your need. Do not worry about what you will eat, drink, or put on. The promises in these words come from God. If we believe in Him, His word, and His promises, why do we worry? God has everything in control, just as He did yesterday, just as He will tomorrow, and just as He has right now. Listen closely as Pastor Rander encourages us to replace worry with trust. Have your Bible pen and paper handy. Have your Bibles. We're in a series and we want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. We're going to take up what we left off. Matthew chapter 6, verses uh, 25 through 34. And there you'll find these words. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his statue? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about his own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Again, the title series is, What Are You Worried About? What are you worried about? We have all succumbed to worry at some point in our lives, perhaps even now, as you look at your circumstances and where you are in your life and the things that are happening uh, in our society and all around us and in your families, looking at your own circumstances, perhaps even as I preach to you today, your heart is unsettled. Perhaps you're nervous about a particular issue. Perhaps you are experiencing pressure like no one else know around you. Perhaps your heart is filled with uncertainty and your heart is just overloaded with a heightened sense of worry. As we look around and, and we see what's going on in America, we can see that America is in trouble because she has turned her back from God, which has resulted in her being in confusion and at every level of society. And when, when the government's in confusion, the lawmakers are in confusion, politicians are in confusion, the, the schools are in confusion, the military's in confusion, family are in confusion, then confusion has a sense of creating restlessness. 
And confusion has a way of bringing on undue worry. What is worry? The English term worry comes from an old German word meaning to choke or strangle. As a matter of fact, uh, worry will choke you. It will, it will strangle you. It will handcuff you. Worry chokes us mentally and emotionally until it wipes us out to the point that we are no earthly good, nor are we of no kingdom good. Worry is to have a troubled heart, a heaviness of heart. It is to have a anxious, have anxious thoughts. Worry is an uneasy state of mind. An uneasy state of mind. It is to be in mental distress. It is a distracted mind or to have a divided mind which draws us in many directions, pulling our lives apart. Worry clings to you. It dominates and consumes your thinking as you turn the problems and issues of life over and over and over and over and over and over in your mind. You're not able to let that worry go. And even though the scripture is clear that worry is a sin, I believe the sin of worrying is committed by Christians more than any other sin. Worry is a sin because we distrust the promises and providence of God to provide for his children. And when you fail to trust the promises and the divine providence of God, you will worry when you forget that your God is in control. How do we overcome worry? How many of you have dealt with the issue of worry? I mean, some of you worried right now. Look at hands all up. And many of you are worried right now. And this, this message is designed to calm you down. You can't preach one message on this and it's all over. No, no. You, you, you need inoculations. You need more injections of scripture. Every day you need a little bit more. Every Sunday because, because this world wants to wipe you out. It wants to knock you down. It wants to destroy you. But, but the mere fact you're here this morning, God is going to give you some spiritual medicine to help you to deal with the nemesis of worry. How do we overcome worry? Number one, you over you overcome worry by taking God at his word. The scripture says in Matthew 6, 25a, there it is in your Bible. Therefore, I say, Jesus says to you, do not worry about your life. It's everything about your life. Don't worry about being short, too big, too little. Don't worry about facial pimples. Don't worry about stuff and junk. Don't worry about your life. Matthew 6.31a says, therefore do not worry. Wisdom is to take God's word and put it into action which will decrease your worry. When you take the word of God that we are transmitting to you today, and you take it and you actualize it, execute it, implement it, uh, make it applicable to your life, then worry will begin to dissipate and decrease 
in your life. Number two, how do you overcome worry? Keep your eyes on the Lord and do not focus on your circumstances. Do not focus on your problems or the words of men. Stop focusing on, oh, look at this. How, how did this happen? How did I get in this situation? Oh my, oh my. Look at this problem. It's not a one, it's not one problem. It's another. Uh, the words of men. Do you know what my uncle told about me, said about me, or my mama said about me, or? Uh, I don't know how I'm going to make it in school. My grades are not what they ought to be. This teacher is giving me the blues. My job, that supervisor is driving me stone crazy. The Bible says, trust the words of Christ and do not worry. Why? Because Matthew 6.24a says, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Anything that's going on in your life. And how many of y'all got something going on in your life and you got something going on and it's going on in your life right now as I'm preaching to you? And all of us in here. How many of you got some issues in your life? Some unresolved issues in your life. All of us. None of us are exempt from the issues or calamities of life. And with that, the Bible says, do not worry about your life. Don't worry about your past, your present, or your future. I have you in the palm of my hand. I know exactly where you are and I know how to take you through it. You see, you will decrease your worry when you understand that as a child of God, he is orchestrating every detail in your life and every detail in your life he is orchestrating. Every detail in your life. And is in complete control of your life from conception to death. Not only is he orchestrating every detail of your life, he is in complete control over your life from conception to death and even in heaven. And by the way, if you don't know Christ, even should you go to hell, God is still in control. He will not allow anything to come into your life without his divine permission. Therefore, whatever we're going through should not cause us to worry. Every detail, God is orchestrating. From, from your conception, from the time you were conceived in the womb, all the way to your death, all the way to heaven, God is in control, and nothing comes into your life without God's divine permission. Could he have stopped what's happening to you? Yes, he could have. Why did he allow it to happen? Well, we don't understand all these things, but I do know what. God is at work when we don't understand, and we don't have to understand. He says, even when you don't understand, keep your keep your eyes on me. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Not that everything that happened to you is good. Oh, my brother-in-law had an aneurysm. Oh, isn't that good? No, that's sick. No, that's not good, but it can work together for the good of those around you, for the good of that person, and to the glory of God. He says, all things, all things. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Number three, give the things that trouble us to Jesus. In other words, bring your burdens to the Lord and leave them 
there. That's why you're here today. The Lord is here. You'll miss God's people. God's presence is here. And God is saying, you have come to the house to hear the word of God and then to allow the word of God to be activated in you and you're to bring your anxieties and your worries here and then leave them here so that you can go back in freedom. First Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your cares, not some, not a few, everything that intruded into your life, cast it Cast all your anxieties, all your worries upon him, for he cares for you. There is nothing that intrudes into our lives that justifies our being worried. Nothing. And before, hang around people. If you're going to overcome worry, hang around people who will encourage your heart, who will encourage your faith. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Hang around people who can give you a good word. You're wise indeed if you keep company with the right kind of people who will not depress you but bless you. You're wise indeed if you keep company with people who will encourage you with a good word rather than those who are negative, pessimistic, defeatist, or naysayers which will spiral you into worry. Worries. Some people are draining they're just draining. They, they, they high maintenance. And, and, and they, and, uh, they have the issues. And when you get through, you just as baddie as they are. You know, and, and God is saying, listen, you need to hang around some people. Don't try to be everybody's help. You need some help sometime yourself. Don't y'all say amen. Stop trying to be all things to all people. You, you worry. Trying to be God. You're not God. Let God be God. And stop trying to fix everybody. Everybody's not for you to fix. Oh, God, help me preach this message. How do you overcome worry? Realize that we are God's children, his prized possession, and are valuable in his sight. Realize that we are God's children, his prized possession, and are valuable in his sight. Matthew 6, 26 says, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? In other words, our Lord is saying, learn lesson from the birds, for they do not worry about where their next meal is going to come from. They do not sow, they don't reap, they don't stockpile for the future. They just live from day to day, flying all over the place in search for food that God supplies. We must come to the conclusion that since God provides for the birds, he will take care of us because we are created in his image we are his children and we are more of more value than birds. We are the crown of God's creation. And if God takes care of the birds who have no freezer, doesn't have a pantry. That's right. They don't have a savings plan. They don't have any of this. And yet God feeds, he feeds them. He said, wait, what? Don't I take care of you? Number six, how do we overcome worry? Instead of worrying about anything, we must Pray about everything. Prayer is so vital to extinguishing worry. The less we pray, the more we worry. The more we pray, the less we worry. 
So there needs to be an increase of prayer in our lives to extinguish worry. Philippians chapter 4, 6 and 7 says, Be anxious, be worried for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep and guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In other words, my friends, refuse to treat prayer like a spare tire. Only praying in emergency situations. Storm-proof your life through prayer, and you'll be able to weather any crises that come into your life. Storm-proof. Say storm-proof. Storm-proof your life through prayer, and you'll be able to weather any crises that uh, intrude into your life. My friend, either we learn to pray, or we will become good at worrying. Which of the two are you doing? Are you worrying or are you praying? You see, you're doing one or the other. Number seven, spend more time in the good news, which is your Bible. That's how you overcome worry. Spend more time in the good news, which is your Bible. Worrying will not diminish in your life until you stop immersing yourself in local, national, and world news. Some of you are too news conscious. Psalms 119, 162 says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. I'm not saying it's a sin to look at the news. I look at the news, but there can be too much news if you are not careful. You just live in it. You're in it all day long. It's CNN, Fox News, CNBC, DDE, and all of all this other stuff I can't. You just find places to find news and, and it's depressing. It's depressing. Well, Psalm 119, 162 says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. Beloved, a renewed passion for the word of God will transform your thinking. The word of God is therapeutic to your mind. Saturating your mind with the scripture will heal a worried heart. And that's why Satan will do everything he can and with everything within his power to keep you from reading the word, from meditating the word, and from memorizing the word. And the reason the word of God is so difficult to memorize is because Satan interferes with your memorization. He interferes. He don't want you to memorize those scriptures we just had up there. Some of those scriptures are carried over from last month, and some, and some of you still can't quote the first line of the scripture from last month. And then you wonder why your life is all stressed. Put the word of God, inoculate yourself, uh, give a, a good dose daily, more than once a day, two or three times, four times a day, more up to the word of God to the glory of God. You must do that. Psalms 119, 28. And 92 says, my soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Uh, verse 92 says, unless your law had been my delight, I would then have perished in my affliction. In other words, if I were loving on your word, loving in your word, digesting the word, internalizing the word, you know, I would be destroyed. I would have perished. Listen, the word of God will restrain worry and keep you from destroying your motivation. The word of God will keep worry from destroying your dreams. The word of God will keep you from destroying your vision. And the word of God will even keep you from destroying your life through suicidal thoughts. 
And not only are people worried, you even have children and students in school, elementary school, middle school, high school, worried. Things are not panning out right. Look like the harder they try, things are just not working out and they get tense, they get stressed. They're worried about whether they're going to pass this test. They're worried about setbacks. They're worried about bullying. They're worried about all the things that can happen in their lives back and forward. And so, so many kids, uh, they were worried about being a breakup of the boyfriend, girlfriend relationship when they really, at 12 years old, you don't know what love is. You need to learn how to read, write, and count. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now. Parents, don't get excited about your child having a boyfriend or girlfriend at 15 years old. Now, I'm glad they're interested in the opposite sex. That's, that's, it could be worse, you know. You know, it could be worse. So that's a good thing. You want to cultivate opposite sex relationships. That, that's a good thing. But, but tell your children, the best thing you can tell your children, this should be closely. Look, you have lots of friends. But you don't let one man or one little boy consume all your time, all your energy. You text him back and forth. You email him back and forth. You're talking back and forth. You talk, 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 chat, 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 all of that stuff. And then all of a sudden there's a breakup and then you become suicide. You know, these kids are committing suicide because they broke up with their girlfriend or boyfriend and don't. And I, I, I can't say that I'm on radio and television, but but they don't have a penny in their pocket. Okay. A penny in their pocket. Y'all know where I was going to go. <laughs> Y'all know where I was going to go. You thinking it? <laughs> a penny in their pocket. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that's the good way to say that. <laughs> Get your education. Roll up your seat. Parents, if your children are struggling in school, do all, get them a tutor. Get them a, we have a tutorial ministry here. Absolutely free. Free. I wish I had all that when I was a kid. They got all this stuff access, access to resource them. Invest in your child's education. Make sure they know the, the foundation. If they don't know their timetables, they can't do algebra. One thing builds on another. If they don't get that foundation down there, hey, we got, no, 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 we're going to go back. Your summer, hey, you go, we're going to have one week of fun in summer and you're going to you're going to be in school. You going to summer school because I'm not going to let, let cobwebs clog your brain up and you have a setback all the way back to third grade. <laughs> Cultivate your child's relationship with the Lord and then make sure they get a quality education and you get them all the help they need. Stay engaged in their life. Stay in that teacher's face. And don't be taken up for your child. Uh, talk, my child wouldn't do this and my child would. Shut talking like that. You don't know what your child will do. Matter of fact, you know what you did when you were their age. You wasn't all that. Don't go down there and jump on the teacher. You better get all the facts. Those are side notes for whatever that's worth <laughs> Suicide is an epidemic proportion. People just check themselves out. Check them. Oh, I'm having a problem. I got a headache. Suicide. Mm. I'm depressed. Suicide. My mother-in-law. Suicide. You just kiss anything. It's a culture of death. It's a culture. Of, this is not a culture of life. It's a culture of death. Number eight. If you seek God first and live righteously before Him. 
He will supply all your needs in his time and you will not lack any good thing. If you seek God first and live righteously before him, he will supply all your needs, not all your wants now, needs, not wants, needs in his time, not your time. And you will not lack any good thing. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first a kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Now we love the added to you, but we forget to seek first. You got to put God first in your life. God has to be on the throne of your life. You forget that. Now you want God to add to you, but you don't want him first in your life. That's, that's the first thing you forget about this scripture. The second thing you forget about this scripture, his righteousness. Amen. Having a right standing before God, purity before God, holiness before God. Oh, God, give me things. Add, give me, give me, give me. God, God said, you're not even right with me. You're not walking with me. You're not communing with me. You don't have a relationship with me. But you want me to give me, give me, give me to you. No. No, seek me first, live righteously, then I'll add the things in my time and not on your terms. Philippians 4.19 says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Psalms 34.10 says, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. You seeking the Lord God Almighty with all your heart, mind, and soul, you hate what God hates, you love what God loves. Let me tell you something, you will lack no good thing God will supply with a job, without a job, with furlough sequester, whatever it is. Listen, you're going to come through and you're going to come out praising God because he won't let you lack because you're his child and you're in such deep communion and have such a depth of communion with God that he will not let you lack any good things. Psalm 37, 25 says, I have been young, but now I'm old. Some of y'all say, say, and now I'm old. Some of y'all don't want to say that. You can dye your hair. You can cut it all off. You can, you can stretch yourself and get facelifts. I don't know why people are getting facelifts and big noses and want to lift their lips. And so, and you know what? And then that stuff drops and they look ugly. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683.